with the message I started last Sunday. How many of you were here last Sunday? I hope you got something. I believe you got something. And uh, you're going to get something by the grace of God today as well. It's very, very important. Father, I just ask that you speak through your servant in Jesus' name. Lord, touch our hearts. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about the twofold nature of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The twofold nature of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ has two parts. The first part is the person of Jesus himself. And the second part deals with his principles. The person of Jesus in you prepares you for the kingdom of heaven, for your life up in heaven. His principles in you prepare prepare you for your life here on earth. You can be born again, going to heaven, saved, full of the Holy Ghost, and yet live a horrible life here on earth. Depressed, confused, having one trouble after the other, no rest. Whereas Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But there is no difference between your life and the life of the man in the street who doesn't know God. Why? You have Jesus. You're going to heaven, but you are not operating the principles. The principles that Jesus gave to us, they are for us, for our life here on the earth. In John chapter 1, Verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. Grace is what gets you to heaven. Notice it always saying, He came, He became a man, He dwelt among us, we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace is for your sins forgiven, everything prepared for you to go to heaven. But then there is the other part, which is for truth. And Jesus said, You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Not up when you get to heaven. Right here. Right here. The truth, the principles, that's what you need for your life here on the earth. If you ignore it, you'll go to heaven. But you will drag through your life here on earth. So it's very important. The grace of God operates in your heart. Your human spirit, preparing your human spirit for life over there. But the principles of Jesus, the battle is in the mind. Like I said, if you lose in the mind, you lose the battle on earth. If you win in your mind, you win. So that's what it is. Christians need to understand this. So that you have those basics inside of you. And understand what God is doing. I told you last Sunday, as I'm progressing this, that, that the mind needs three things. 
Your mind needs a focus. You need to know your assignment. God didn't just put you on the earth for nothing. You have an assignment. If you don't know what God has put in you that is different from what is put in other people, you never know what people need from you. If you know what God has put in you that you can't find in anybody else, you, he comes to you that easy. <laughs> That's your assignment. They need it. And sometimes they are willing to pay you for your service. That's what it is. That's your assignment that God has placed in your life. So the mind needs a focus. Once you now know this is my assignment, whether in church or in job, in business, whatever you're doing, you are in for your assignment. In church, we need it. You can do it. For the kingdom of God, that's your assignment. You will make the kingdom of God better. If you have been given the ability to cancel people, you can do it in church as well. And help people for the kingdom of God. And you can do it outside the church. They'll pay you for it. But it's your assignment. You stay with it. So that's the issue. So your mind needs a focus. When the mind is divided into two parts. Memory and imagination. I said last Sunday. Memory and imagination. Your memory replaces the past. Imagination preplays the future. That's your dream. That are based on your, the assignment that God has given to you. How far I want to go. Your dream. And so you stay focused on your dream. Based on your assignment. Joseph knew his assignment. He focused on it. His dream. Through all kinds of difficulties. But he was there until one day. All the way to the top. You got to know that. You got to have that focus. So no matter what comes against your life, you're not worried. Your mind is focused. You know why God created you. You know where you're going. I'm going somewhere to happen. Amen. So you know that. And you follow through. The second thing is, is you, your mind needs instruction. Your mind needs instruction. And the instruction must come from the Word of God. That's what energizes your dream. Your mind needs instruction from the Word of God, the principles that God has given to you, how to operate God's principles to clear the way for your dream to be realized. We need instructions. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind by the worship of the Word of God so that you can line up, position yourself for your dream. Your assignment to be fulfilled on earth. You'll never be happy until your assignment is fulfilled, no matter what you do. There are people that are doing so. They work, they make good money, but they hate their job. <laughs> because that's not the assignment. Hello? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when you are really doing what God called you to do, you are even surprised why they pay you for it. You're giving me all that money for this? I love to play football. I enjoy it. You're going to give me millions for running? Wonderful. I love this job. <laughs> Amen. You mean people, they love it. They just enjoy it. They're not thinking the money. They just want to go out and play the game. 
And when you put a few millions in their hands, they're saying, for that, something that I enjoy, life is good. <laughs> Amen. And second, the third thing is you need somebody to look up to. Somebody to look up to. Because they will shape your destiny. As you watch them, and as you study them, as you follow them, your life is going to be transformed. You hear about the mighty men of David, 600 men? Losers. But they found somebody they could look up to. And they joined with him. He said, wherever you go, you are a leader. You killed Goliath, we'll follow you. When it was over, they were killing giants themselves. One of them taking thousands of people. He's got his leader to show him how to do it. Amen. So you need somebody that you look up to. Just like Elijah. Elijah. He had Elijah to look up to. I'll become just like him. And before long, he was asking for a double portion. That man was greedy. A double portion. He wasn't going to be satisfied with just a little. He wanted more. I'm going to be discussing not the part of Jesus, but the principles because we live on earth. Amen. I said the other time, God will love you even if you live in a house, or let's say a cardboard house. He still loves you. He loves you the same as he'll love a man who has a jet. No difference. Same. You determine how far you want to go with God. God is not the one who determines who's going to have money. That's you. The working of his principles. That's what's going to determine that. And I'm going to be sharing principles with us. And I'm going to be going into them. First principle I will share will be the principle of words. Then we will also talk about the principle of honor. That's very important. We will talk about the principle of love. These are spiritual laws. When I use the word principle, I'm talking about laws. These are spiritual laws. Understand this. As you have natural laws, there are also spiritual laws. If you know of the law of gravity, there is another law. That's the natural law that governs the earth. <laughs> if you say, I'm a great guy, I, I have strength, and you jump from a 16-story building, we'll take, your, take you in your casket to your grave. Because the law of gravity will bring you to your grave. It doesn't fail. Even if your father was the king, you're going down. But there are also spiritual laws. And you can be a child of God. You can be the son of God, a child of God, jump from that 16-story building, we'll bury you. You'll be screaming the name of Jesus all the way till you get to the grave, I'm telling you. Because you violated the natural law. There are also spiritual laws. And we do, as Christians don't want to violate them. God will love you, but he'll, he'll let you be. Because you are violating his spiritual laws. I need to know those 
spiritual laws so that my life will be made beautiful. God wants you to shine in the world as light. And he's never against that. He's always for that. If you're not shining as light, it's not because of him. That's why I always say, I want to know what he knows. What is it that he knows that I don't know? So that when I know what he knows, according to Jesus, I can turn, position myself so that God can bring the same blessing to me. Because God is a respecter of no one. He deals with everybody, every one of us here. You are that special to him. Very special. Very, very special to God. If you were the only one, his son would still have gone to the cross for you. That's how important you are. So we'll deal with the, the principle of love. Then there's the principle of gratitude. To be grateful. There's a serious principle in that. You could lose a lot because of ingratitude. You could lose. We're going to, we're going to go into all of this. And then there is the principle of giving and receiving. And including in that, I want to talk about the principle of asking. There is a principle in that. And I will also go into the principle of forgiveness. A good principle. And then the last one, the principle of patience. <laughs> How many of you like patience? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a good word, okay? <laughs> the principle of patience. We're going to be talking about all of this. So this is going to be a series. What I want to let you all know today, and hopefully I can start with one of these principles, is this. About the earth. What's happening on the earth today. Get a good picture of what's going on and why we, what, what's happening here, why we're here. In this, on this earth, there are only two families. Two families. I know you belong to your own family, but the way God sees it, only two families. God's family and Satan's family. First John chapter 3, verse 10, and we're not going to spend much time on that because we talked about that last week. In this, the children of God are, and the children of the devil are manifest. If you read some translation, it says, in this, the, the children of God are different from the children of the devil. So, there are two families on the earth. The children of God and the children of the devil. If you are not a child of God, guess whose child you are? The devil's child. You may cry and kick and say you're not, <laughs> you're wasting your time. He knows you belong to him. So there are only two families on the earth. Another thing we need to recognize is there are many nations on the earth. There are only two kingdoms on the earth. Many nations with two kingdoms. You either belong to one kingdom or you belong to the other kingdom. There is the kingdom of God and then there is the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. There is the kingdom of light which is the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of darkness. So we got those two kingdoms. Jesus is the king of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of light. Satan is the king of the kingdom of darkness. Jesus, in your heart, prepares you for life in heaven. Satan, your father, in your heart, prepares you for your life in hell. The principles of Jesus prepares you for your life here on earth. 
Satan's principles prepares you for a life of mystery, misery right here on the earth. And failures, disappointment. Don't matter if you have money, check those in Hollywood. <laughs> they have money, but they are miserable. Many of them are. Sometimes when they die, you wonder and say, what a waste. Have you said that before? What a waste. So much talent, so much. But they operated under the principles of this world. And died a waste. We have to understand that. So we got the principles. The principles governing the, the kingdom of this world is called the law of sin and death. That is, anything this principle operates over dies. Where did this law of sin and death, how did it come into our world? Remember, this law was here even before Jesus came. It was the law that was governing the earth. I need to give you understanding. We need to understand what's going on here. This law was here before the kingdom of God came. You remember when Jesus came, he started preaching and said, the kingdom of God is at hand, right? It's coming. And after his death, the kingdom came. So we have a kingdom within another kingdom. And one is a dominant kingdom, and that's the kingdom of light. Because light and darkness cannot be together. Amen. Where did this law come from? When Adam sinned, and walked away from the Garden of Eden. God sent him out. He became a slave of the law of sin and death. He became a slave. From that day on, Adam was a slave. God could do nothing about it. God gave the commandments. A lot of people don't understand. God's intention was, with the commandments was to help to find a way to be able to bless man in spite of his situation. That was love. God was looking. I, I, I've got to find some way to get around this thing for this man that I love so I can bless him. So he gave the commandments. But the problem with the commandment, according to the scriptures, and this is not me speaking, according to the scripture, the commandments that God gave, that God was going to pass through to bless man, had a problem. The sin nature wouldn't let it happen. And Satan used that, those laws that God gave and turned it around. And so the sin nature turned the commandment that was, that was God's way of trying to reach the man, to bless man. The sin nature turned it into something that would cause us pain. Destroy our marriages. Destroy our families. Destroy our finances. Destroy the economy. Destroy a nation. It's called the law of sin and death. God gave that law. I'm going to share, share, share this with you from the scriptures. If you read in Romans chapter 7, verse 10 and 11, it says, And the commandment which was to bring life. What was the commandment to give? The commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. He was supposed to bring life to me. That's God's intention. But when I go, it brings me death. 
He brings death into my finances. He brings death into my marriage. He brings death to my children. He kills their children. He, he inflicts my life with all kinds of sickness and disease. The commandment that was supposed to bring life, Paul said, brought me death. He says, for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it escaped me. Verse 13 says, Has then what is good become death to me? God intended it for good. Now he's killing me. Certainly not. The problem is the sin nature. That it might appear sin. Was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin through the commandments might become exceedingly sinful. For we know, this is a key word there. We know that the law is what? Spiritual. But I am carnal, sold on the sin. That's why I said when Adam left the garden, he walked away from the garden, become a slave of sin and death, the law of sin and death. Sold on the sin. He's saying God, the problem was man's spiritual nature. But thank God, Jesus came from heaven. And through the born again experience, we are no longer carnal, sold on the sin. We are now spiritual beings and we have come into level with the law of the God so that the blessings that God intended, what would they do? They should come to us, every one of them. And this law is called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You came alive when Jesus came into your heart. You became a spiritual being. You are no longer sold on the sin. The law of sin and death doesn't have control over you anymore. He can't bring death to your marriage anymore. He can't bring death to your body anymore. He can't bring sickness and disease to your body anymore. He can't destroy your children anymore. He can't kill them when they are young anymore. We're free because of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And this law, that's why we renew our minds. We renew our minds. The law operates with the word of God. In John chapter 6, verse 3, Jesus said, The flesh profits nothing. The spirit is what gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words of God brings life to your marriage. Amen. As you impart the word of God, your marriage, if it was going down, guess what's going to happen? It begins to come alive. When you bring the word of God into your finances and you are operating the principles, guess what happens to your finances? Your finances begin to come around. But the problem is, you may be saved and don't understand these principles and say it will work for you. Because my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now let me say this. The only weapon Satan has against your life is ignorance. Ignorance. He has no other weapon. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Don't fear devils. 
Don't ever fear Satan. I used to be afraid of Satan. I don't anymore. I don't. No way. Even if he appears in my presence, it's you again. No. There is no reason to be afraid of Satan because he has been defeated. Satan is not your problem. That little witch is not your problem, I'm telling you. Your real problem is your ignorance. That's just the truth. Because Jesus can't lie. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. What witch is going to stand between the truth and your freedom when you know the truth? What witch? What devil is going to stand between that? How? It's as if when my angels slaps him, that demon is going to get out of the way. There's nothing to be afraid of. The only thing to fear is my ignorance. I need to know what the world, I need to renew my mind. I need to focus. Amen. And I need a mentor, somebody I can look up to, to get to my destiny. No Satan can stand in it. Paul wouldn't even mention devil's name. Paul, for the most part, spoke about my revelation. Amen. The revelation that I got from God. He wasn't careful about the devil. He wouldn't even tell you it was the devil that gathered them to stone me. You never hear that from Paul. Because the devil was not an issue in his life. His relationship with God was 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 important to him. So the word of God tells us, there is therefore now no condemnation to them, to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So I am free. Now the first principle, and I'd like to go to that this morning before we close. The first principle is the principle of your words. I pray that God this morning will help you understand that. Your words. The first revelation God gave to man was the revelation of the power of words. And it wasn't very direct because when God does things, He does things, He he loves to keep things secret. And you have to dig for it. Deep calls out to deep. He doesn't just tell you. But the way He told us about the power of words, that revelation came from Genesis. When He started telling us how He created the world. You know, if I were to give that account, I would say, and I spoke all of these things into being, one, the moon, one, the sun, and I'll just list them down. Is that not the way to put it? God doesn't do that. He tells you, and God said, and in the morning and the evening was the first day, and then God said. So your word, God governs his universe with his mouth. Everything that God does, He does through words. God never gets up of, out of His throne to try to go get something done. If He wants something done, He speaks it. That's why that man got such great revelation. He told Jesus, you remember Jesus said, I have not found such great faith because the man said, you speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, He got it. He, whew, he got this revelation. He's not even a Jew. How come this Gentile can understand this principle? 
I've never found faith like this, Jesus said. Why? Because he understood, he understood the principle of words. That's why Jesus saw such great faith. He, two times the Bible said Jesus was amazed. First time was when he went to Nazareth. And they had so much unbelief. And he said he was amazed at their unbelief. Uh, their unbelief. This time also, when Jesus heard the man speak, I don't want you to come into my roof. I understand authority. You speak the word and it's going to be done. He said Jesus was amazed. He turned around. For the first time, Jesus made it clear. The Jews, Peter didn't know that Gentiles were supposed to be part of this. If you don't believe that, read uh, uh, Acts chapter 10. He, he wasn't willing. God had to bring some animals, you know, in a sheet to show him, to convince him, please go to Gentiles. Peter said, no, I'm not going to them. They're not supposed to be part of this. But the fall, in that instance, when Jesus saw this man's faith and understanding, Jesus took the veil back a little bit. He said, many will come from the kingdom, from the east and from the west, from the, and, and they'll sit with Abraham. And the children of the kingdom will be, uh, what was he saying? Gentiles was going to be a part of this. Because of this man's faith. Your words are so important. Let me say this. Change. Let me put it this way. Pain does not create change. Pain does not create change. Pain creates a desire for change. Need doesn't create Change. Your need creates a desire for change. We have to understand this. Your pain will not do that for you. Your need will not do that. Time is not a teacher. There are people who are much older, don't say have a lot of understanding. Gray hair doesn't mean that you're wise. It comes through the Word of God. Knowledge is what creates change. The application of knowledge is what creates change. Your word is seed for change. Jesus was a seed that the Father sowed on the earth. Remember that. For change. He needed a family. He sowed his word, right? Whatever you need, your word is the seed for change in your life. Your words are so important. That's why God gave that in the first revelation. Many times we hear people saying all kinds of things, almost bringing a curse upon their lives by what they speak. They constantly proclaim that they are sickly. And sometimes if you wonder, what, what is going on? Why are you speaking words like that? Because your words are so powerful. Jesus said you will give account of your words on the day of judgment. Every idle word that a man shall speak, he will give account of it on the day of judgment. Why? Because your words are not idle. Your words are either creating or destroying things in your life and in the lives of those sharing them. 
telling you. So Jesus said very clearly, on the day of judgment, your words, you, will, you are going to give account for your words. That's how important it is. Your words hold the key to your destiny. You can use your words to change your mind. You can be as happy as you can be. And you go to the mailbox and you take a, a letter and read a few words from that, from that uh, uh, letter. And your mood will change. You were happy and laughing one minute. You just read a few words, now you're crying. Words are very powerful. Words can change feelings very quickly. So your words are very important. James said this in James chapter 3 verse 2. He says, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in words, he is a perfect man and able also to bridle his whole body. If you can't control your words, you can't control your life. You got to control your words. If you are able to control what comes, not, we're not talking about don't even say anything. No. Speak. But be speaking the right things. Go into the principles that God has given to you. Find out what the word says about your destiny. And that's what you say. That's why the Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may be able to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have what? Good success. Your mouth. Your mouth holds the key to your success. According to the word of God. God governs his universe with his mouth. You can govern your universe with your mouth and the word of God. Amen. You can. You can. You can. You can. Don't allow Satan to deceive you and tell you you are nothing. Tell him who you are from the word. Amen. He insists, I don't care how I feel, because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. So tell him when he speaks to your mind, speak back to him. It is written. Let your mouth control your destiny. Don't give in. Let the word of God carry you to your destiny. With your mouth. With your mouth. Life and death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What more do you need for God to show to you about the power of your words? What more? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. James says the tongue is like the rudder of the sheep. A little ship. Many times you see these huge ships, they're going one way. The guy wants to go that way. He turns the ship that way. And for a while, it seems like this ship is not going to turn. He keeps going like, but before long, that little rudder says, we're going this way. And this huge ship begins to turn, turn that way. The Bible says, so is the tongue. And James tells us, if you are able to control your tongue, you can control your life. 
Don't always speak your mind. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm just going to give it to you the way I feel. I don't need your feelings. Give me the word. Amen. I'm going to tell you as it is. Well, if what as it is doesn't line up with the word of God, you shouldn't be telling me. I don't want to hear it. Tell it to yourself then. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Sometimes as you're hearing them, you want to go to a corner and put your... I don't want to hear that, please. Get away from me. None of you here, okay? None of you. None of you here. Let me tell you, I'm going to close. But... Every person that's made righteous, there is something in the scriptures called the fruit of righteousness. When I found that out in the scriptures, I said, this is really good. Good deal. I got this righteousness. Now I got something called fruit of righteousness. God, where are they? I need them right now. I need my fruit of righteousness. There's something in the scriptures called fruit of righteousness. Sometimes you read scripture and you stumble on something and say, I didn't see that before. I mean, it's been there. It, it, it shocks you. It's revelation from God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and brings bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. The last part. And increase the fruits of what? Your righteousness. Amen. You're already righteous. You can't be more righteous. The fruit is what you enjoy. Amen. Can I hear an amen? There is something. When you sow, God will not only multiply the stuff back to you, but then he increase the fruit of your righteousness. I like that. The fruit of righteousness. So righteousness is a priceless thing to have. Amen. You need to have righteousness because there is fruit to righteousness. Blessings because you are righteous before God. And the good thing I like about the Lord God, I can't be more righteous than my brother here. Amen. We got the same righteousness. If the preacher says, I am more righteous than you are, I'll take my Bible and walk out. Because it can't be. No one is more righteous than the other. But the working of the principles, we're back again. The workings of the principle, grace of God in your heart makes you righteous. Jesus, okay? And then there is the fruit. But if you don't work the principles, you got no fruit of righteousness. And when you sow, that's operating one of the, the principles, you understand? And when you operate one of the principles, what do you get? The benefit of the fruit of righteousness. Amen. But let me show you how righteousness comes into a man's life. And I'm going to close with this. In Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through 10, it says, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Remember, righteousness has fruit. How many can, can you say that with me? Righteousness has fruit. That's right. There is called, the righteousness that brings fruit is called the righteousness of faith. So if, how do I obtain 
this righteousness of faith that brings fruit into my life. That's what, the Bible, that's what I'm after here. It says, for the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does the righteousness of faith say? That means righteousness speaks. Amen? And righteousness has fruit as well. What does it say? What does it say? The word is near you. It's a word. It's the principle of the word. The word is near you. The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. It says, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with whose mouth? Pastor's mouth? Angela's mouth? No, your own mouth. If you speak it with your own mouth. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved from whatever is plaguing your life. You will be saved. Then he gives us a principle. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. That's Jesus in your heart. Amen. That's that principle. Jesus in your heart. But with your mouth, you have to speak before you can enjoy it on the earth. Jesus in your heart or righteousness, that's for heaven. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. You already are righteous. You're okay. You're going to heaven. That's Jesus in your heart. But then, there is the part of the principle. And to operate that principle, you must speak. You must speak. Otherwise, you won't have release. You can beg all you want. No release. I'm giving you something you can do. Speak. Find that thing in God's word that relates to your destiny, your assignment, what you need from God, your request, and begin to speak it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. How simple. Why is simple? We make it too complicated. That's what a preacher said. Many Christians have become, you know, we want to be supernatural. He said, there is too much of super. There is no natural anymore. <laughs> you got to do something. We need some of the natural to add to the super to get some supernatural. Don't leave it all to God. Do what the scripture says. And watch. The first thing that will happen to your life, fear will go. You are not afraid anymore. The situation hasn't changed, but they can talk about it all the one before you, you have no fear. Somehow, there's a quiet confidence inside of you that says, I'm okay. God's going to take care of me. You know, when you feel that way, the answer is on his way. He's just waiting for the fullness of time, for the manifestation. Stand up with me this morning. Every life here can be changed. And because I'm pastor, I'm going to bless you this morning. Amen. I'm going to bless you. 
Do I believe my, blessing, my words will come to pass? Oh, yes, I believe. If you don't believe, that's your business, but I'm blessing you. And if you don't want the blessing, it's too late. You came into this place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bless you in his name. Because God said to, he said to his servant, this is the way I want you to bless my people. Say this to them. Say this to them. And I'm going to say his words as God gives to me. You are a blessing. Can I hear an amen? Those troubles that are coming against your life, the God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, will come against that thing in Jesus' name. The dream that you've always had in your heart, God will find a path for, that, for you to get to that dream in the name of Jesus. Your destiny will come your way in Jesus' name. God's going to bless you greatly. If you need finances, believe with me. Things are going to change. If you feel alone, God's going to be there for you. And whatever you need to make you feel comfort, feel that comfort and comfortable, God's going to make that appear in your life. Amen? Whatever you need, God's going to do that for you today. Would you raise your hands up to the Lord? Tell Him, God, I believe the word. Say in your own way to God. In your own way to God. Whatever it is that you need from the Lord this morning, Believe God and begin to convince yourself this morning and make yourself begin to want to speak His word without fear. Many times when you begin to make those confessions, your mind will tell you you're lying. It's not true. Don't quit. Keep it up. If He speaks to you, speak even louder. You can't think and speak at the same time. Think about something different and be speaking something different. It doesn't happen. So let your words line up with what you're thinking and God's going to bless you Father I bless your people today I pray Lord God that you make a way in the wilderness for them Lord I pray that you pass their Red Sea in Jesus name that river Jordan I pray that you pass it so that they can walk on dry ground to the other side to their promised land to their place the place that you prepared for them so that they can receive all that you have given to them that you blessed them with in Jesus name God increase the fruit of your righteousness give us that give them that revelation of you God that they are righteous so that the righteousness will begin to manifest itself in their lives in Jesus name your word says it's not by might it's not by power it's by your spirit it's not of works it's by the grace of God through faith Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow your heads with me. If you're here with all eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you say, I want to be a part of this family of God, or you were a part of the family, but you strayed away, but you want to come back to God, you want to be a family, of, you want to be a part of this family so that you can operate these principles, that we're talking about this morning. If that's you, when I say, when I count, in count of three, you hear three, just put your hand up quickly and put your hand down. Amen? Let's do that. You know, God is watching. The Spirit of God is watching. If you're sincere with the Lord, God will take you up. And today will be the beginning of new things in your life. I'm going to count to the count of three, all eyes closed, all heads bow. One, two, Three, raise your hand if you're there. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Father, I want to pray for these that have raised their hands. Let today be a day of new things. According to your word, I will do new things. Let this day be a day of new things in their lives. Manifest yourself in their lives and give them great blessings. I speak peace over your people. No demonic oppression upon your people. These are the people of God. I speak the blood of Jesus over them. Every family that's represented here today, covered by, with the blood of Jesus. And when the enemy comes, he shall see the blood and he will pass over. Father, I thank you for blessing your people right now. In Jesus' name, Pastor Andy. What a great message. God, it's been so good to be in your house today. Lord, we thank you for the word of God that went forth. Lord, it touched our hearts. Lord, we thank you that you're here, that you bless us with your presence today. And I ask, Lord God, that as we journey to our homes today, that you would be with us and bless us throughout this next week. I pray that the, your peace will just be in each and every home. And Lord, that throughout this week, I know that you'll show yourself faithful to your people. God, I love you, and I praise you, Lord. And God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.